Hello, friends, and welcome to episode three of our podcast, Healing Better with Full Circle, where every other week we combine an evidence-based scientific approach with the wisdom of holistic traditional modalities to help you on your journey to healing better. I am joined this week with manual osteopathic practitioners Genevieve Sizzo and Clarice Mencion. Ladies, thank you for joining me once again for episode three. Thanks, Julia. Today, we are breaking down the idea that food is medicine. Now, before we dive into this topic, I think it's important to illustrate that we are not talking about foods that will make you lose weight. We are talking about the link between nutritional value that food offers your body and the impact that it has on your physical and mental wellness. One thing I think that we can all agree with is that food makes us feel good. When you're having a bad day, you might find, you might find comfort in that chocolate bar you bought at the convenience store. I'm, I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> food is medicine in the way that it makes us feel good in purchasing it, preparing it, sharing it, and even consuming it. What many of those don't realize, however, is that there is a clear link between our mental and physical wellness and the food that we consume. And that is food gives us comfort. To dive into this a little further, I'm going to throw this question out there to the both of you. How do you think we can better understand the importance of food in our everyday lives? Yeah, that's a great place to start, Julia. Um, I think that um, with food, I mean, food's just great. Oh, yeah. I mean, clearly, (laughs) clearly we like food around here. If anyone's ever been to a clinic, there's probably going to smell like food somewhere. (laughs) We try really hard to limit any smells, but we can't help it when people bring us in baked goods. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean... Food is it is awesome, but not just because it tastes good, not just because it feels good to consume, but I mean, obviously there's the nutritional piece and the nutritional mm-hmm. benefits that come with food. And I, I think it's a universal experience that, you know, people know like when they eat well and by well, I'm not talking about being on a diet. I'm talking about like when we eat well, like when we eat fresh food, seasonal food, like food that's of high quality, food that just everything about it is appetizing. It It's such a special experience. Right. And, and we get that opportunity three times a day. And maybe more if you yeah. want more or need more or your body requires more. Um, or sometimes less. Sometimes certain bodies need less. And, and that's okay too because we're all different. But... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, um, food is such a big part of, um, our health and well-being. Um, but it's so much more than just the actual things that you put into your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we can dissect this down a few ways. Uh, we could talk about the actual foods that we're eating and, um, but we could also look at kind of like that social, emotional, behavioral right. component to food. Um, that's um, a really big component of our overall health and wellness mm-hmm. because it's it's something that's in every single one of our days, every single day. Right. And especially here in North American society, um, I think there's a lot less emphasis on um, food and meal times the same way that there is in other parts of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure Clarice, (laughs) Clarice can certainly speak to that and, and how, um, food is, I mean, from my perspective here in North America and, and the culture that I grew up in, I, 
I grew up with a um, French Italian background. So, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly food was very well enjoyed in my home <laughs> <laughs> as well as wine. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, so I, I felt like, um, I was really fortunate growing up that like food wasn't like a convenience yeah. for us. It was part of what you did day to day. And it was a big part of what you did. Like I was involved with the cooking as a young child. Um, and I really enjoyed doing that and it became part of what I did and how I nourished myself and nourished my body and part of what my family did. And I think that's a really, um, important aspect that food brings to us because it brings us to a place of deeper connection, um, with not only our own bodies by giving it the energy that it needs, but also by connecting us with the people in our lives that we're closest with and that we're sharing those meals with. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the same experience I had growing up. Like we'd always have meal times together with the family. We'd either prep together or like, but we'd always make sure like to have dinner together or whatever meal we were having at home together. And I was actually surprised coming here and even at university, like speaking to other people. But for some, it's just like a very less importance was placed on meal times and meal prepping and it was just more of a like a quick fix that they just yeah. gravitate towards you know eat something snack out of the fridge and then get on with their day and i think it's like how you prioritize things and how you were also brought up but i think that definitely like there's a big role in the way like as you said jen like the different components of food not just what you're eating but the whole sharing aspect the connection that you have with preparing it and the people you're sharing it with. The Canadian Mental Health Association provided an insight to mental illness in Canada with statistics showing that in any given year, one in five people will personally experience a mental health condition or illness. So mental illness affects people of all ages, education, income levels, and cultures. Now, of course, there are a lot of factors that come into play, such as one's socioeconomic status, their age, their sex, their education, body weight, and other factors, but amongst all of those factors, there is one clear link between all of those. Well, I think there's a number of ways to break this down. I think, you know, from a purely cellular level, like the food you eat ultimately becomes the structures in your body, right? Those are the building blocks. So the more nutrients you take in, the more minerals that are available to you, um, the more... Um, the higher the quality of the food that you're eating is going to impact how our cells function, mm-hmm. how our cells build up, how our body regenerates. And, you know, the majority of our cells, not all cells, but the majority of our cells basically turn over every six months. So yeah. there's a new you every six months. So you're not tied to you know, the diets that you grew up with or like you can make a change here and now. And when I talk about diet, I'm talking about like, like diet as an eating, not any specific plan. Um, Be really clear that we're we're pretty (laughs) anti-diet around here in that diets um, for weight loss do not work. If Mm. diets are being applied as a weight loss technique, however when we use 
good signs and good nutrition to support people's bodies and even sometimes through certain conditions um, without weight loss being the goal. But um, by bringing in more nutrients, by bringing in more high quality foods to support a body, um, that is just going to give you a full, basically a full array of building blocks for your body to be able to pull from. And the more that we can do that, like, you know, the better it is. That's why they're, when you hear like the best diet advice that is ever out there is, you know, love what you eat and eat what you love. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you're loving the food that you eat, it makes you feel and loving it, not just like, I love Oreos and you know sometimes Oreos do make you feel good yeah. but <laughs> um, but um you know loving what you eat because it feels good because you don't feel tired after you eat it mm-hmm. um and then eating what you love food that you're excited about eating it's a whole experience like the experience of eating is something that we're lucky enough to get to have every single day and it's a big part of how we not only feel in our body and how well our body functions um but also um allows us to connect and as you were talking about like even just creativity like you get to like for me cooking and food is a big part of my creativity i love you know making fruit platters and throwing a few flowers on it because it's beautiful and it makes me feel good and you know, um, it's, uh, you know, are, are those <laughs> edible flowers going to make me a million times healthier? Are they a superfood? No, probably not, but that's okay. It doesn't <laughs> but they matter, look good but they look all. good, yeah, but matters. I yeah. got to, but in doing that, I got to engage all my senses and mm-hmm. cutting up fruit and making it look aesthetically pleasing and putting some yeah. edible flowers on it and I mean if someone's rolling their eyes because like I don't have time to put edible flowers <laughs> on my food like I get it I get it I have also been there and it that could sound like super pretentious too but um but it, it isn't it's part of like how I get to experience creativity in my day-to-day life and how can I augment how can I make my food experience better, more positive and, and make me feel more connected to it than literally just, you know, throwing something in a bowl and scarfing it down on my way out the door. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I certainly also do as well. Um, yeah. and this, uh, have done a lot more so in the past and it's something that I actively look to do less of now, mm-hmm. um, in finding the joy of, um, of using food therapeutically not just for the food that I'm eating but also for the way that I'm experiencing it I'm quite like thankful for the time off we've had this year because I actually dived into it a lot more like cooking and stuff I think before at at university like it's hard enough to manage having like a full-on studying schedule and also you know it's your first time living away from home Mm -hmm. at least that was my my experience for, for a while and then having to manage you know making sure that I, I did want to carry forward this kind of thing that, that my parents had brought us up with about like, you know, taking time to prepare your meals and cooking foods you love. And and so I had to like learn to manage that a little bit more. And definitely through COVID, like having more time on my hands, I've been able to do that a lot more. And like you said, Jen, for me, it's like, I was actually thinking about this the other evening because I felt like I was in a bit of a creative slump oh. over the last couple of months. And I was kind of wondering where my creative energy was 
being engaged the most and actually it's been through through cooking these these last yeah and it's actually something i enjoy so much more so when i'm around other people like i tend to just enjoy cooking for others more than than myself but i've been trying to like make sure that i still do it for myself and and not just to, to share and so yeah, last night I made gnocchi for the first time, <gasps> which was a oh very messy gosh. project, but it, it they turned out good. So um, worth it. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of have this like, I make myself this list of like new recipes I want to try, and I always just kind of go back to it and and see how oh how I could gosh. stimulate my myself a little bit more. So it's fun. I feel like we could definitely do a whole episode on how much we all love food (laughs) but um in the in the meantime and i'm sure that will be a future episode for sure (laughs) as we were planning this we were literally just talking about how much we love food and foods in different parts of the world um um how do you both think that we can improve our our physical well-being with this idea of food being medicine um well i think just like that like seeing it as medicine yeah seeing what we eat our day-to-day consumption of food and seeing the magic that that is and again I I can almost feel the eye rolls because like my own eye rolls come in here it's like oh the magic of food you mean like that thing you tried to rush out of the house um so you could get to work on time. Um, so like, I, I mean, but it's not that you need to live in some magical like snow white world where you have like these perfect meals cooked for you by, I don't know. Do they cook in snow white? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here trying to think. Like, I don't do know they? about those dwarves if they cook, but like, I feel like some woodland yeah. animals might've been involved oh, in some of the like baking <laughs> situations. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that it's like that, right? Like, I'm I'm suggesting that, like, even just that nod, that nudge of, like, how can I make mealtime more special? How can I make this meal feel better? Like, like, again, something really simple that I started doing was literally growing and buying edible flowers. Like, yeah. I just throw them in my salads for lunch and then... All of a sudden, my lunches look a lot more special. Yeah, <laughs> and and not only do they look a lot more special, I'm like way more excited to eat them. I'm way more excited because I'm like, oh, it's so pretty, and yeah. you know, I like this dressing that I'm gonna put on it, and it's all of these beautiful vegetables that are fresh. Um, you know, from well, not usually my garden, but someone <laughs> else's garden, very close to me. <laughs> um, and that's that's really special also i'm going to totally give a shout out to the real food micro farm they're amazing and oh yeah they're local here I've in heard kingston of them. Mm-hmm. and they they sell edible flowers <gasps> and they're at i think they're at the memorial market yeah they are yeah. i've seen them yeah. yeah they're super awesome um but and they do all kinds of microgreens and like those babies oh. have like elevated my like microgreens have like seriously elevated my your lunches always do look amazing <laughs> oh they do no everyone at home i wish you could experience jen's lunches yeah. she brings like when she brings cutest. her bento box in, yeah always, her like, oh my bento God, box her little inside. pink container and it's all organized <laughs> and it's just it looks amazing yeah. and um then, i literally just throw like microgreens and a protein and some nuts in there but thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but you know like um, but that has been like the f- like part of the fun for me is mm-hmm. to find 
different places to get like different like healthful foods and seek it out and when I do like I invest in it like I spend a lot of money on microgreens in a week Mm. but (laughs) but it's also um part of like how I get my nutrition in right Mm -hmm. it's and, and and it becomes so much more than that like I I freaking love supporting people at the market I love being able to support people in my community and then my lunches also look good and then I'm also getting nutrition so it's just like this huge domino effect and it's all because I'm just trying to eat a little bit nicer (laughs) and make meal times a little bit nicer in my life so it's it's not that you need to strive for perfection it's that you need to um, just acknowledge that like there might be a way to upgrade your food. There might be a way to upgrade the experience mm-hmm. of your food and how you're consuming it um, and what it looks like and what it feels like and what it tastes like. Um, and and how can you bring your community into that? How can you bring your health into that? And how can you look at all those aspects? Yeah. And I think like what you've said is like also mainly the intention part of like preparing your food and stuff because yeah. some people may not have access to all of this. But that doesn't mean that they can't experience the same benefits of like, you know, what Jen's just explained. I think if you have you prioritize it and you have the intention of wanting to make food a bigger part of your life and a like a better experience for yourself, then even just using simple products and simple produce, you can have a very similar experience. It's just all like the time you carve out of it and the benefits you kind of see in it and get out of right. it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it all goes back to this idea that food is medicine in the way that it is literally healing you. Yeah. It is healing you, I would say, socially almost, mm-hmm. like going to the farmer's market and supporting local, just what Jen said. 100%. It's supporting you like as an individual, growing your skills and doing something that makes you feel good. And at the end of the day, food is real. like depending on the food, obviously, but food is really, really good for your body. Also trusting that your body's got this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. hear people come in sometimes. They're like, oh, well, I just have to stop eating chocolate because like if I just keep eating chocolate, like I'm never going to stop. And it's like, is that actually true? Mm. Like, what about like, let's trust our body here like yeah. the body that keeps you upright and <laughs> yeah and, and doing all these things for you like what like what where is that fear coming from and you know that that chocolate piece like oh i'm gonna eat all the chocolate like are you actually like try it mm. go ahead try it try eating all the chocolate how long is it gonna be are you just gonna eat chocolate for 24 hours 48 three and a half weeks or four months, but like at some point, your body's gonna be like, "We're good." Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't want to yeah. eat any more chocolate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and and we're so afraid to actually listen to our body sometimes when it comes to food. We've got all these rules and lessons ingrained in our heads from you know the Canada Health Food Guide to whatever social you want to do school to social media, yeah, exactly, and it's like. Food is is medicine because that is how you're communicating with every single cell in your body every single day. Yeah. And it is a message that you get to send it. Mm-hmm. And it can be a positive, loving, and supportive message. Or it could be, you know, one of like, okay, well, restriction and limitation. And mm-hmm. we can only do this and only do this because of this rule, this rule, and this rule. But 
like a lot of the rules, especially around nutrition that a lot of people throw around pretty willy nilly, like um, a lot of them are not actually very functional. A lot of them are not very supportive of your individual body. Yeah. And oftentimes they're more just like short term solution, quick fixes. But are they even quick fixes like, you know, long term? It's just unsustainable to be on all oh. these diets and like restrictive patterns and just kind of gets you uh, nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. It might make you feel good in the now and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to look so good, this and that. But how are you going to feel when it's two in the morning mm-hmm. and you have barely eaten because you've restricted your body yeah. and you can't sleep because you're so hungry? Mm-hmm. How like, and in the long term, like how is that going to make your body feel energy wise? Yeah. And the fact that you're even describing it, because I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that on some level. Yeah. Is the crazy part mm-hmm. that yeah. we are so disconnected that that is like the new that most people can identify with yeah. that feeling because yeah. they know I can. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? And then feeling, oh no, but I can't, I can't eat anything because it's two o'clock in the morning. You're not allowed to eat at two o'clock in the morning, even though you're freaking starving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that like, don't eat past nine o'clock rule or something like mm-hmm. that. How does that serve you when you had a really yeah. busy day and you didn't get to eat before nine o'clock? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that actually serving you and your body and your cells and every single tissue that exists within you? And yes, some people might argue that there's, physiological benefit to eating during certain times and okay that yeah there there's there's a lot out there on that but like we're talking about you on a day-to-day basis certainly if there are patterns that are not supporting your overall well-being and your binge eating after you know 12 p.m every night um in a way that you feel is uncontrollable and makes you feel awful like of course that's not ideal but also, um, the, I mean, the flip side of it is like, if you didn't eat enough earlier on in the day and your body just needs to catch up, what are you doing by depriving it? Yeah. Like, what are you actually exactly. gaining? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A prominent example that I really had growing up of food being medicine, um, and this is more on the literal note of it being medicine, is when my father was diagnosed with stage four melanoma, brain cancer back in 2017. And his nutritionalist had taken into account his low energy and the fact that he wasn't able to perform certain tasks um, the same way he used to and recommended something called the Gerson therapy. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Gerson therapy, it is a whole body holistic approach to healing that focuses its research on naturally reactivating your body's ability to heal itself, aka fueling those cells that regenerate every six months. Um, it is a powerful natural treatment that boosts the body's own immune system to aid the healing process, um, when it comes to conditions such as arthritis, um, heart disease, allergies, and in some, um, extreme cases, cancer. Um, so this is done through a variety of organic plant-based, uh, diet, raw juices, detoxification, and natural supplements. And of course, when I was first introduced to it, um, my family and I were all very skeptical. However, we would see the difference between my dad, who would be unable to hold a glass of water by himself and be able to stand up without getting winded to asking my brothers and I if we wanted to go for a two-kilometer walk that same very day because he would have... a a raw juice that was I think it was celery carrots cucumbers in this like a thousand dollar juicer that my mom splurged (laughs) on and she was super excited about it but 
I would see how he would literally go from hardly being able to keep a conversation to wanting to do the most above and beyond and not be in pain. And it was the first kind of moment that I was like, wow, food can really heal you. Now, of course, um, I'm not saying that it was a cure, but it, I do, I did see firsthand how food can definitely be medicine. I think what that really goes to show is just, uh, yeah, what, what high quality nutrients can do for a human body. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, we also need to consider what is going to be most helpful for people. So like, just to be clear, like we're not recommending anyone go run out and join Mm -hmm. the Gerson diet or or anything like that. Um, but just using that as, as, as an example of, of how the food that we consume can actually change the energy that we experience can actively change like our, our day-to-day abilities um and of course that's that's a really extreme example but like what a gift that like when there aren't many other options like food is Mm -hmm. you know old reliable (laughs) food is old reliable for making you feel better and helping support you and definitely in the the less extreme cases i think we've all been there where let's say we've all been you know, hangry, we're angry, <laughs> we're hungry. It's been a long day, but how good does it feel when you have food in your body? Yeah. Right afterwards, you're no longer hangry, you are feeling your best. It's a, it's an energy thing, and I think that's a less extreme example that we can really all relate to. Mm-hmm. But likewise, like for me, I know that if I'm often in a situation like that, like I'll have no patience to like actually sit down and prepare a meal and I'll just like grab whatever is like on the go. Yeah. And I find that it just won't satisfy me a hundred percent because it, I didn't go through this whole, like, you know, making sure that I was (laughs) actually like, you know, preparing a food or a meal that I actually wanted and loved. And, and so, yeah, it's, it goes to show that like the whole process is as important as what you end up actually putting in your mouth. Yeah. Well, and food is self-care. Like ultimately it is like the truest form Mm -hmm. of self-care. And I feel like it's probably gotten away from us a lot in our societies as we, you know, we don't live in multi-generational homes as much as we used to, or, you know, there's not as strong, um, uh, of community a lot of times like there may have been in other cultures. I mean, certainly growing up, like, we had some pretty, pretty uh, intense rituals around our food. And we, you know, we'd have, you know, parties almost every single week when I was growing up, birthday wow. parties or whatever for all my cousins and aunts. And, and it was a really big part of growing up. And there would all, like, food was just the like center, the center mm-hmm. of it, right? Everyone's always in your kitchen. And or that's how I grew up. I don't. I don't know how other people do. Uh, do you mm-hmm. all hang out in another room other than the kitchen? Everyone no, hangs out in the kitchen, kitchen right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is. The Everyone does hang out. It's all, now it's kind of become my criteria. Like when I'm looking for places to live, I'm always like, it has to have an open kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a million percent. Because it's such a part of of our experience, and that you have to do. You have to eat three times a day, or at least to satisfy yourself. Every single day, mm-hmm. like, yeah. why not make it enjoyable? Why not make it amazing? Yeah. Like, it's uh, like, and it's just a small thing mm-hmm. that we can affect, you know, buying slightly different food or 
better food or interesting food. Mm-hmm. It should be interesting. Yeah. It should be exciting. It should be like something we look forward to because the the mealtime also signals so much more. It, it signals a time to break. Mm-hmm. You, it's hard to work. Well, I should say it's not hard to work and eat at the same time as, <laughs> as I'm pretty sure I've eaten over my laptop many a times. Um, it's almost too easy to do that. But like the point of it is like you can take that opportunity as a break for you and your body and use it as as not only a time to to refuel but a time to connect and then hopefully sharing it with other people my stomach's actually been grumbling from the start of this oh. episode <laughs> talking well, about food yes mine too actually <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> don't record a podcast about food when while you're, you're hungry, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> ah lesson learned um, <laughs> you can keep that part <laughs> um, no you totally reminded me um, I think um, I think but what you were talking about with the hangry piece though I think something yeah. that we're like really disconnected from um, is is the level of hunger that we experience. Um, and there could be a lot of reasons that we're not experiencing that. Um, but so if you were to rate your hunger on a scale of one to 10, you know, one being like, you know, you are just ravenous, starving, like you, you need to eat and 10 being like fully satiated. Like, where do you fall on that scale? And, uh, and like actually being in tune with what our hunger is like because some of us eat out of routine yeah yeah some of us eat when we're you know starving some of us don't know when to eat or we just kind of shove it into our day whenever we can but you know are you actually checking in throughout the day and this this is again some amazing work that i've learned through um, Jillian Murphy, who I'm again giving props to food, freedom, body, love, definitely check out her <laughs> podcast. It's amazing. Um, but also she does, she does work one-on-one with people and she's just, she's just a wonderful, amazing human being all around. But anyways, um, but like how, how hungry are you? Like, what are the stages before hangry? You know, mm. what, what really are those stages of, of your hunger? And does it go? Cause it should be incremental. Like it should be like, okay, well I'm a little hungry. So, you know, I might be like middle of the road, right? Yeah. Or, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a little bit, uh, uh, I'm a little bit full and I actually don't feel like I need anything, but like, where are, like, where are those stages for you or for, for anyone really? And, and really being in tune. So if you're, you know, if you're trying to connect more with your food and you're trying to get more um, insight into how you can use food as a medicine, I think one of the first places to start is like, check in with your hunger because that like check in with where your body's at like how hungry is it throughout the day like even just that mental check of like okay what number am I at today scale of one to ten mm-hmm. um wh- where do I fall on this full hungry spectrum and um actually taking actually taking the time to think of that is going to be beneficial taking the time to consider what that looks like is going to be wildly beneficial um, because then you're going to be much more in tune with what your body actually wants and needs. Cause once you figure out how hungry you are, then comes the next question. Okay. What do we eat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's next, right? What comes next? And 
and then actually listening to that like not listening to like what I must eat because this is what I've been told I should eat but like what does my body actually want is it craving something sweet salty yeah. <laughs> savory does it need protein and you you we all have that ability within us to be able to discern it some for some of us it might be very clouded for some of us there might be physiological reasons why you cannot feel that and if you are someone who you're like i don't know i'm just like hangry one minute and like and starving or just like incredibly full and there's nothing in between then there's probably some more work to be done there and we can throw some resources in the bottom of yeah. of this um the write-up at the bottom, but um, for people who are looking for support with that, because there are people that that's specifically their job. They can help you yeah. get more connected with that. But I think that's a really big component when we're looking at um, food and, and diet is like just getting back in touch with our like primal sense of hunger because that is what's going to guide us because there is no like no matter what the internet tells you, there your body has more information that pertains to you the most accurate the best information that pertains to you and your health um and that is within you already like you already have that and it's getting in touch with what that actually is and we can do that by making food taste good and enjoyable and throwing in you know some gentle nutrition along the way and and supporting our bodies throughout that for all of you listening out there after this episode, we hope that you can look at food a little differently from now on with the knowledge that food is in fact medicine for your physical and mental well-being. New episodes of Healing Better with Full Circle air every other Wednesday on all streaming platforms. Make sure you follow our social media accounts to vote on future episodes. I'm Julia Mallon, and you heard from manual osteopathic practitioners Genevieve Zizzo and Clarice Mancion. Stay safe, friends.